0: Welcome to the Creative Moment Podcast. Brought to you in association with marketers. Welcome to the Creative Moment Podcast. Hope you enjoy it. If you do, please do leave us a decent review and subscribe on iTunes. If you look at this on iTunes and enjoy creative content, you can have a look at our website, which is creativemoment.co. This week, I'm thrilled to be catching up with Lee Devich, who's Creative Director at Premier, as part of our Creativity Matters series of podcasts. Premier is a PR firm in London with a turnover of £19.7 million and about 170 employees. Lee, welcome to the Creative Moment podcast. Thanks for having me, Ben. Just set the scene for a moment or two, Lee. How do you define what you do as a creative director at, at Premier?
1: So, um, for those that don't know Premier, as, as maybe some don't, um, we're London's biggest entertainment, arts, and culture agency. We've got around 170 very talented um, individuals delivering PR for TV, theatre, publishing, games, classical music. Um, not to mention, we do personal representation, partnerships, event production. Um, experiential i've probably forgotten some things and i think the first thing i learned as a creative director is i can't creatively direct everyone and all those departments right um, but nor should i and I, I think um most of those departments offer really fantastic services um for clients that um sort of don't need that extra creative um energy or or, or input um, and um you know I, I could say to the personal department you should float Kira knightley down the thames to raise her profile but um I don't think that would work for them. So I, I think uh, I soon realised that... Um,
0: I suppose that's interesting. So it's, it's mm. a
1: different type of... Because it's that entertainment sector, is so what yeah. you're saying? It's,
0: it's, a, it's a slightly more nuanced perspective on, on creativity compared to mm. some other areas of public relations.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think um, the products we're promoting, I think, you know, are incredibly creative already. I think the entertainment industry, mm. film in particular, is probably a real peak right now. I think with the explosion of, um, you know, video on demand services, there has been like a massive creativity explosion, um, in right. Britain, um, and beyond in the entertainment industry. So a lot of, a lot of PR and publicity, um, it it really just needs to uh to tell those stories expand them you know that a lot of the um the film talent the directors the, the film stars do a very good job of selling those those products and, and don't need that um you know pr stance or experiential sure um but but it's interesting just to cover that off though so what you're what, what are you a
0: creative director director of is it a pr firm is it an experiential firm where do you so or well, doesn't it matter I don't yeah know no i you're... think
1: my, my job at Premier is twofold um Partly to help bring out creativity in, in in the clients that that do want to take a more more creative approach, um, right. be they you know film, the, theatre, TV, or, or some of our, our brand clients. Um, but secondly, I think about five years ago, I took the step of uh, launching a, a stunts and experiential division. So um, they sort of they gave me my own department um, because I think I realised a lot of the skills um, in the creative world are quite specialist um, and you know the, I think the stunts and experiential side of things across all of those different clients does does require a lot of quite specialist skills you I've, know. I've got this image
0: of, sort of um, in, Jane, in Bond sort of uh, Q's Q's underground bunker. Where it's doing, is, it's <laughs> is that is that what you're doing? You're yeah, yeah. I, I, on, we we on we room. do
1: use a lot, of, a lot a lot of gadgets. Or <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, th- I think there is that there is that vision of um, creative directors as well. They sort of sit in a uh, think tank on their own, listening to I don't know the, the, the beta Band and just dreaming up ideas without really consulting anyone and uh, playing with their gadgets. And uh, uh, it's completely true. <laughs> no, it's not. But it's it, I mean you, we jest a little bit. But there is a, a tension,
0: isn't there? With, with most creative director roles, it seems to me. Um, and some people do both and some people do more than one and some and some people do more than the other. Mm. Um, but whether you're – whether as a creative director, you should be a creative facilitator uh-huh. or, or – and I could use the a film no- analogy – Uh, creative yoda
1: (laughs) Mm, facilitator i am not i think uh you know (laughs) when we when we when we turned the bt tower into the world's largest lightsaber for star wars i probably did feel like a a creative yoda but i would say probably fall on the side of of creative facilitator a bit more um i think the real skill of 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 creative director is probably finding those ideas you know whether that's from other people from stories places Podcasts um, and 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 research as well. I think you know that really is our, our biggest skill. So it's it's how to draw that creativity out of other people um, and also identifying when it's needed. I think you know, one of the biggest skills probably for all PR agencies that we we're, that we're, we're all we could all do better at is turning down work when the creativity doesn't need to be there. You were
0: saying in the uh, the, the, the call prior to, to this show that one of the things that you felt people. Can always look for too much um, originality with, mm. with creativity that create, creativity doesn't need to always be um, unique. Um, j- just talk to me a little bit more about what you mean by that
1: yeah I mean I think it's probably one of the biggest mistakes um, in creativity is trying to trying to come up with um, ideas from scratch, trying to reinvent the wheel. Um, or try to be a creative Yoda, as you say. Uh, and I think almost every idea is actually a, a combination of, of other ideas or, you know, develop something that's gone before. And I think we could probably actually learn quite a lot from the film industry if you look at any good film pitch in order to grab uh, a mark, uh, the studio's attention they'll come up with some sort of formula, you know, Forrest Gump in space or uh, die hard on a bus or Sherlock meets stepbrothers. I think right. only one of them was made up. <laughs> um, and so, so one thing I did was uh, we sort of gamified it and we created a, okay. a game called Top Stunts um, where we basically every stunt uh, that we're impressed by, but also you know, art installations, anything we see that really inspires us. Um, Billy and our team creates a, a, a sort of a top, um, trump style card out of it gives it values whether that's in kpis or, or why we love it um what sort of value uh, <laughs> well sort of uh, you know whether, whether it's whether it's uh, an experiential whether it would work as a stunt um, gotcha. and okay. you know how people responded to it and we, we turned it into a game so you get you get out uh, a bunch of cards um, and whatever we're we're promoting whatever brand we're, we're talking about you have to come up with some ideas that that sort of riff off another idea so whether that is throwing something down the Thames, which I'm proud to say I've never done, <laughs> or um, you know, a pop-up shop, or an art installation, or a guerrilla stunt, um, and coming up with an, idea, with an idea that you know it's not copying that, that idea, but it but it's riffing off it in some way. Um, and you know, we even host these sessions for clients. There are other things we do, like you, you hold up a mask of a celebrity from donald trump to kanye and you, you you put yourself in their shoes you think what what would they do um how would they promote this thing i think empathy is obviously a very important skill for, for prs i think sometimes we think i'm not gonna say inside the box i apologize in advance <laughs> um but too much i, I think we you know we, we don't we don't consider these other perspectives and we try too hard to be to be original i think
0: and does that approach? I mean, I guess you're going to say it does work, but is hmm. is that gamification element to
1: it? Does that does that seem to be particularly successful? I would say it's a it's a it's a step. Right. I think uh, that's the other thing is I think you can rush these ideas, or you can you can think that one formula wins. You know, often I think our first step is always interrogating the brief and, um, and and researching it. I think you know you can't underestimate how much research you, you can do into an idea to-
0: what type of research are we talking here? are we, well, are we um, talking a, a couple of hours Google search well, what, what are we looking at
1: it, it depends on the product sometimes a lot of the research is, has, is already there already done but I think um, it if, can if the client's ever supply with, you yeah, with insight I mean, on that sort of stuff? That's one thing, our briefs, our briefs vary so much, we get everything from a from a five page sort of RFP style interrogation brief to a, a one line, we think we want to do a stunt but we don't know um, right. and in terms of the research I think uh, the, the film and TV world is so expansive, you know, you've yeah. got those characters to explore, you've got backstories, often they're based on real people and real stories um, an example, we, we worked on Bohemian Rhapsody um, theatrical campaign and um, found out that Freddie Mercury's first ever job was as a baggage handler at Heathrow yeah. Airport, yeah. and it's um, quite interesting, though, isn't it?
0: Because where I was going with that was that your, the characters in in the films tend to uh-huh. um, um, give you a clue as to where you might take the creative campaign. Uh-huh. But actually, it's a really good example because although that was the case, it was you didn't know that. About Freddie Mercury being a baggage handler was it was it Heathrow? Yeah, um, yeah. so so that's a. That's a that's an interesting thing. So the, it is defined by the character very often within entertainment, uh-huh. but it's trying to find those little nuggets that the, the, the general population didn't know about. I suppose that, it, yeah, that, or it, some
1: of the time it is exactly. Yeah. And the general population, and you know, most importantly, still the the media is how do you find something that the media don't already know? Right. Um, we we worked on um, on Mars for National Geographic, and and you know we were launching what is essentially a fiction series, but but with a lot of nonfiction I'm, in. I'm it.
0: Not familiar with that one. Um, really.
1: can, well, you obviously didn't see our. Oh, I'm very <laughs> um, it. Ron Howard. It was, you know, it, it was a sort of I'm a, docudrama. I'm a Venus guy, you know, I'm just not interested.
0: Ah, not sure.
1: ah, well, well, we could, we could theorise a lot about that. In fact, <laughs> I think there's a book about it. <laughs> um, but no, we, we uh, looked into not the journey to Mars and not the science plan getting there, but... Where we are going to live on Mars, I think there's no debating it. And and so we we looked at all these designs, and not much had actually gone into um, what what our home will look like on Mars. Um, So it was a
0: film, wasn't there? What was that? I can't remember. Was the Arnold Schwarzenegger?
1: Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. yeah uh, ironically, there. we I'm, both I'm, forgot I'm, it there. I'm possibly a bit older
0: than you, so maybe it's a bit near, better, better for me. But um, yeah, okay. No, I, so that, my, my knowledge of research of living on, on Mars pretty much ends and stops at Total Recall. But go on. Yeah, well, try, this is the thing. Me. We become
1: yeah. we become experts about everything for very short periods of time and then uh, soon forget them all. But, but yeah, anyway, we um, we consulted with uh, a, a Mars f- uh, futurologist and expert and uh, we designed the world's first Mars show home. Um, <laughs> There's a futurologist for everyone. Think, of course there? there is, Brilliant. of course there is, yeah. yeah. and uh, But we, we produced this mock-up, <laughs> and it, it went. I think that five national newspapers actually printed the mock-up we produced. didn't, right. didn't think that would even happen, and that's just before we built the damn thing, and then uh, you know, we partnered with the Royal Observatory and uh, brought it to life. But um, it really just showed the value of research, and it's trying to find, you know, uh, Mars is in the papers every day, but we're trying to find that thing that maybe people haven't spoken about so much, but it's out there. Uh,
0: but, but, okay, so there's, there's a research element to mm-hmm. it, there's a um, trying to get the team thinking around... Um, Different types of, of creativity around a theme. Mm-hmm. Um, is there the the, the locking Lee in a in a room and 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 just getting on with it?
1: The well, there's the old thing? cliche of the bathroom, which which uh, <laughs> I'm am a full supporter of, right? Um, but. Yeah, I think pacing, walking the dog. Right. You, you never, I, 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 often that's the last step I'd say because there's no point doing that from from scratch because you do need okay. that you do need that base knowledge. Yeah, and whether whether that is through, you know, playing playing top stunts and yeah, getting okay. everyone's input or and then probably the research and always coming back so to it, that it research. So it becomes well.
0: a more defined process, doesn't it? You've got to do yeah. your research and then you've got to give yourself a bit of space.
1: Exactly. Because
0: I always think creativity under pressure is almost a contradiction in terms. I mean,
1: uh-huh.
0: sometimes it might work, but it's,
1: it's harder to do, potentially. Isn't yeah, it? and yeah. I think that's when you end up floating stuff down the Thames. Um, you mentioned it- that three times. <laughs> well, I want to be in your regatta that you no. talked about. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think it is. There's probably like six or seven steps to it. I think uh, coming back to it... After a couple of days is always a really good idea as well because okay. you do you get caught up in that in that creative moment to, to name drop your podcast um, okay. and you you don't really um think objectively about an idea and and sometimes you just fall in love with something for a personal uh, yeah, re- reason or whatever yeah. but if We've you come back to it two that. days <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. come back to it two days later you think what was I thinking yeah um, but the other thing will well, we'll do, f- do you have a rule that you, you, you have to sort of have
0: um two full nights' sleep before you send a potential a, piece, a creative idea over to a client. Just, oh no, we usually write them on the look. train to the, to the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have that rule and it's best laid plans. Yeah, it's New Year's resolution. I've done that before. So this is a brilliant idea and then you you look at the the, the proposal a bit later and go oh my goodness, it's
1: not going to work. <laughs> I mean one thing we uh, try and do is always put in the uh, we've got you know let's say a long list of twenty ideas. We try and put in thinking ourselves from the from the client 's perspective what 's the most obvious idea and what 's the least obvious idea and All actually right. including them both because because our biggest regret is often when we get that that dreaded feedback from the client is is um, they they go with an idea because Oh, they, sorry. They, they they don't go with any ideas because you didn't go down that obvious route. And, and ultimately, mm. you see what they've done. You think, well, come on. And and uh, the other the other extreme of that is sort of going too obvious and, and not not thinking of something that is it's, really, really uh, yeah. Different. I mean that
0: that's interesting. It was I think it was on the PL Moment podcast. James Herring was saying something on that like, you've got to take mm. the client to a, to an awkward place mm. to, to and, and then sometimes bring it back a little bit to, to get the right idea for them. If you see yeah. what I mean. but if you don't push the boundaries of, of what's acceptable to them. You'll end up with 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 not the bravest piece of work you, that you that you really wanted to do potentially.
1: Exactly, yeah, and then, you know you never know what the client's bizarre interest might be, and you sometimes you really just need <laughs> sometimes to sometimes you don't want to know. <laughs> I found out the other day that one <laughs> of our clients is obsessed with magic. Like right, oh, we're that in, like, in every single pitch from now
0: on. <laughs> I'm into magic. It's my daughter's birthday weekend. And we had a we had a magic show, which I think is the first magic show I've, I've seen in about. Ten years, probably, or thereabouts. But anyway, <laughs> he was saying that adult magic shows are a real thing now. So um, maybe that's a, 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 another thing. But right that sounds thinking. wrong. Or do they actually saw the women in half or something? Well, I don't know <laughs> about that. Um, now, I, I'm trying to think of that stereo, typical creative director just to, to see whether this, this question is, is, is right or not. But mm. when I think of a creative director, I don't really necessarily think... Uh, sometimes they're a bit grumpy, aren't they? They're a bit... Um, they're not always the most personal people. Um, but I'm not sure if that actually reflects the reality of the creative directors that I know. Um, so I just wonder if there's a sort of a, a, a tension there, if you like, between the, the stereotype and the reality of these people. But it seems to me to be a good creative director, creative facilitator, you need to be a positive person, don't you? No. Next
1: okay. question. Yeah, no right? joke. Yeah, of course. Cool. I think well, I, I, I'm not I, sure
0: I'm right. So you know, I it wasn't you, meant I, I, a
1: rhetorical question. I think you are. Um, I think you have to be really positive. I mean, okay. for, for for me, um, I, uh, I I think I've been doing this 15 years, and I still get that same kick out of uh, seeing uh, seeing a picture story in a newspaper or, or, or hearing um, hearing out. Uh, Whatever we've conjured up on the radio, I think for me it's like it's kind of like a band having their single on the radio. You, you literally can't can't beat that feeling. I'll often just look over people's shoulder when they're reading the Metro and the Evening Standard on on, on the train just to see if they're reading our coverage and how they react to it. I think um, you've you've got to have that excitement and and you know we we do it for entertainment clients as well. So if you're not positive, I think there's there's, there's really a something wrong. Yeah. So it's but, interesting that entertainment point you you, you raise there because.
0: You know, it's a bit of pressure, isn't it? You're you're the yeah. creative director, for, uh, a, 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 a PR firm that, that basically has a whole bunch of entertainment clients mm. who are you know we could argue the toss on this, but let let's let's say arguably that amongst the most creative people in the world, uh-huh. and you're you're deemed responsible to come to them with a creative idea that <laughs> takes them outside
1: of their comfort zone. I mean, that's not necessarily that easy, is it? Well. I think in many ways that's actually what has held our uh, the entertainment and PR industry back a little bit is okay. um that the, it can be quite inhibited by um by the creative products and and the IP um
0: as in the client client side You mean?
1: Uh, yeah the client yeah. side and also also pitching the ideas so I think as I said you know the, the creativity is very much there already uh, it's in a fantastic state um but if you look at film launches in the last 10 years i think the things you remember are the red carpet premieres the 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 dresses the the you know the talent on graham norton how many really big creative campaigns do you you necessarily remember um but I, i like to think that's changing it's sort of been our mission statement in the last five years i used to do i think my first 10 years of my career we were mainly doing it for home entertainment and i think home entertainment has to because it's four months after everyone's already been talking about you know that that film already the talent have already moved on to to three more films so it hasn't it had no choice but to be creative you know the the first stuff i did was was publicity stunts for all the all the disney classics and stuff like that but but kind of realized you know why shouldn't the theatrical releases do it um and i think at the same time the studios realized it as well because i think there there was a bit of a backlash against talent from the talent sometimes being sat in a hotel suite doing junkets for 10 hours a day talking about what it was like to work with Steven Spielberg. And I think there's just been that real hunger across the the entertainment PR industry to tell those stories. Um, And the budget has has sort of followed. So, you know, we're often pitching not against other agencies, but we're pitching against other budgets. Um, So, you know, as I said, a a client will often come to us and go, I think we want to do a stunt, but but we're not sure. Um, And our role will be to convince them. Um, And if we don't, they probably will um, spend more on advertising or or, uh, or 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 host a premiere because that's not a given now you know a lot of the bigger films aren't doing premieres but they are they're, they're doing you know big launches experiential marketing um let's just touch on that experiential shall we for,
0: for mm. a moment because it seems to be that that's a an area that is we, we probably don't talk enough in terms of uh, from a creative perspective it it's mm. it's on the rise isn't it mm.
1: Um, it's been massively significant for us that that rise of experiential. I mean, across the not just in entertainment, no. you know, but across yeah. across the industry. Um, I, I think mean, things
0: are getting better, aren't they? Some of the stuff you see now is. Genuinely pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it? I mean, yeah. we was we were saying a, um, a an entertainment PR campaign did used to basically involve a brainstorm about what exotic location we can take uh, the the journalists to, and then we'd uh, we'd nothing wrong with that. We'd, <laughs> we'd all jet off to Hawaii. <laughs> um, well, what I used to love about this was that the journalists would have to take this out of their holiday allowance, whereas we were being paid <laughs> to be there. Um, or, but as well as you know, I went to, to Hawaii for The Descendants, we went to India for The Jungle Book, I think right. uh, you know New Zealand for Lord of the Rings, and that was often that was the PR campaign because it cost a lot of money. Yeah. Um, or, or doing these big experiences where you sort of take journalists for driving experiences for Fast and Furious or Die Hard and stuff that the public can't or could never do. We called call them sort of extreme red-letter days. Um, but there was a real sort of reaction against that, and I think the rise of, of, of the Fifth Estate or whatever you want to call it was, was really a factor there, is that journalists realised, well, firstly, they... they couldn't write about stuff that the public couldn't do because there was this growing resentment towards them. Um, but but also, um, the public are our journalists now as much as journalists themselves. I think for, for for a client, it's just as valuable sometimes to to get a, a consumer um, tweet about an experience that then sort of spreads or, or an eyewitness video as getting a, a DPS travel piece in in, in the Daily Star. Um, so so the big shift for us was we went from doing these PR experiences to. To doing often five day experiences where we do it for journalists, we do it for celebrities, but we've also got that element for the public. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, the, the, the journalists will run a piece, and key part of their piece is you can do this two days later yourself. Um, and that added to that engagement. What sort
0: of stuff have you done there, Adam?
1: Um, I mean, we've we we do a lot of installations we do a lot of often we will create escape rooms and things um based on based on films and the access we'll get will be incredible you know we'll we'll go to a film set while they're still knocking it down you know they've just finished production and we'll have the chance to to turn it into a complete experience um f- for the for the public as well as journalists um you know we'll build month long installations and i think yeah we're creating these experiences for the public um as as much as we are the journalists and um generally not there's there's often a debate as do you do you even charge for it? Um, sometimes that, because if, if you give something away for free, people assume it's not going to be very good and it won't turn yeah. up. But generally, you know, they there'll be competition experiences or there'll be some sort of engagement um, to, to reward it and it's anything really to, to get people talking. Okay. Um, but I'd say another uh, trend, a lot of the stuff we do actually does end up being Permanent or, or or we get really? impressed for it? Yeah, you know we've had installations that have gone into to Legoland. We've got a sculpture we g- did. G- just an example. What, what, what's going uh, well, we did a sculpture we did for Big Cat Week, um, really? where we we created a. Um, a lion in Trafalgar Square out of working clock parts to to uh, to convey the passing of time for the for, for lions. You know the fact that these numbers were dwindling. Um, and we we did it as a, a fifth lion plinth in Trafalgar Square, right. um, and then Paradise Wildlife Park um, in Hertfordshire got in touch and, and asked if they could adopt it, um, and it became a permanent um, feature yeah. there. So you know I go and visit visit Lily the lion sometimes, <laughs> um, or you know, we created um, Friends Fest, which was uh, um, so basically it was initially at the time it was a it was a PR and sort of limited public um, experience based on on friends. We had Gunther come and serve coffee there, and we had you know the sofa and some of the sets. How long ago was this? Um, this was this was three years ago okay. if I remember right. So, com- so Comedy Central. Post,
0: post Friends. Yeah, yeah it, right. exactly.
1: And you know the nostalgia was was yeah. what went over there, and um, it, it's since became a, a an annual um, sort of festival. Exhibition. Oh, really? People yeah. now pay a real premium for it. And, um, but like many of these things, it started as PR. Um, right. So there is that legacy, which actually, I mean, I think my, my biggest sadness at the end of any of these campaigns is, is putting the mallet to them <laughs> or, or we, trying to find storage. Which, we we you know, were
0: joking about that before, weren't we? The idea of setting up a sort of um, experiential marketing, I don't know, maybe, maybe film entertainment-driven sort of theme park of all, all the stuff that... Um, PR and experiential stunts that've been used over over the while that we reckon we could we could make some sort of thought park Alton Towers type. Type festival out of. I, I think know, let's but, uh, let's let's do it. You heard yeah. it here first.
1: I think. Or well, look at Dismal Land that Banksy did. I think it was uh, a load yeah, of yeah, sort of yeah. PR style installations. And actually, yeah. um, the, the, one of the main suppliers we used created quite quite a lot of that with And I think uh, there's, there would be a real interest in, in it. It would be a bizarre place. But
0: how <laughs> does it work? So you've got the clearly you've got the, the studios who are creating the 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 the, the, the sets for a bit. But you don't you don't you're not getting. You're starting afresh, right? And you're going. You're using stuff that you have to make, in essence, that you're and you're designing a, some sort of mm. concept around it. Be that a, a game, be that an adventure, or, or whatever else. Is that, is that yeah, that
1: a bit happens? of both. I mean, I think it, it's been more of a recent trend that we we have actually got access to some of the actual sets because you okay. realise um, there's a lot of great film production in the UK. Um, oh, right there's not enough space in the UK to store everything after after the film's finished shooting, you know, even if it's getting its equal. I've I've right. heard people... Because you know, it's more authentic, isn't it? It's the real... It, it the real is, yeah. yeah. You're never going to have the whole set, but what no. we'll often do is, you know, if, if you've got a few parts of that set, a few interesting props, whether that's a, uh, a sarcophagus or a space cockpit, <laughs> you know, whatever that is, if yeah. you then... F- around it and i mean the other the other thing we get access to more and more is is the talent from the film so we'll get access you know we'll, we'll get to work with the production designers um the, uh, okay. the set designers the costume designers and uh, um often consult them on the creation of whether it is an escape room or, or an experience um and we are i mean what our role is 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 expanding these universes and, and telling telling stories um and i think if you told me as a kid that i could do that yeah. i think i'd have been i'd have been uh, but amazed. well
0: as you say the competition between the streaming services and and, and that that area of investment in uh, drama and, and 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 film talent and film production means that mm. presumably it's a it's a it's a good time to be in your space right?
1: yeah yeah absolutely and i think um from an entertainment perspective the the affinity and the, the relationships people have with these characters are as much if not more than any any brand i mean if you look at brands yeah. like you know whether yeah. it's whether it's a kfc or a, or a nike or, a, or or greggs people um, obviously are very passionate and loyal to these brands but the loyalty you get to to film universes you know people believe these characters exist and they have tattoos <laughs> of them they have you know weddings whatever it is and i think if we if we can expand those universes in certain ways um you know i think the opportunities are endless and people yeah. will engage like never before and i think in the last ten years, probably not the last 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 five years, I'd say, the filmmakers are starting to let us, and I think that's the difference. Is that okay. previously you'd say I want to I want to turn your film into a into a theme park or an escape room, and, and generally they would they would f- probably a bit bit more protective of the, of their brand. But I think now they're seeing the opportunity around that and the fact that it would actually help help sell that that film, um, and often because they'll come mean, along
0: as, as more of these big budget productions come through. Mm consumer's loyalty to one character to one um, French film franchise is more difficult is it? I mean that's because it's I just think of the way I, I, I watch entertainment these days I, I think I love this I really get into it but then something else comes along you know, there's only so many hours in a day I, ju- I just wonder whether well, that, that's a yeah I'm a, the worst for that because right. we'll
1: get briefed on these things You get briefed on a, on a TV series it's into its seventh season you think god I, <laughs> I'd better watch that you, you start catching up on it and then uh, whether or not you win the brief you probably you probably got about two seasons in you'll have three more uh, on the way you, this, you just can't, can't watch them all yeah, I need uh, I remember uh, was it The Thick of It where they used to give uh, Chris Langham's character the Zeitgeist tape where they literally summed up <laughs> culture for him in in in, 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 a, in a little three minute package yeah, i think i need true. that yeah that's
0: true i mean i've been wanting to watch the vikings pretty much since it came out i'd never watched one no. series well it's so finished now it's, it's, finished. it's
1: always good what? to know there's an end there's an ending and you, right. you can pace yourself then right. you wouldn't start a marathon if you didn't know how long it was going to be would you i think it's good to know you've you've got that yeah but then you lay yourself open to sort of three
0: or four a night which you know that that gets messy after not doing <laughs> sort of binge watching of these things but, yeah that's um, true but it's all good, I guess, from, from, from your perspective, because it, it, it just creates that um, uh, the, the exposure for all these types of series is in, mm. in, in the minds of, of the consumer, for want of a better phrase. Definitely, yeah. Um, when, just talk, we've all been very pro-creativity here, but when do you say, would you say creativity is not really necessary?
1: Well, I mean, I think it's probably the uh, the biggest s- skill required of a creative director to to accept that, and I think uh,
0: okay, I, you do accept it because lots I,
1: lots of people don't, but
0: you know, but that's, a, that's I think it's I think it is a realism to be fair, mm. but but go on. What you well, um,
1: I think that a lot of, as I said, a lot of the products that we're promoting, entertainment products, um, are incredibly creative al- al- already, and they tell incredible stories um, and have. Amazing spokespeople there to tell those stories, whether that's the writer, or the director, or, or, or the or the talent. Um, and I think often there isn't a big franchise behind it, and people don't already know those characters. um You know, we could do the same stunt for Star Wars as as let's say um the the recent Seth MacFarlane flop, The Orville, uh, was set in space. And one would break the internet, and the other one would would barely tickle it. I think uh, because. It's not just the public, but the journalists will uh, respond to these things, and I think it's that whole concept of being a lone voice. Yeah. Um, and I think if if there isn't that prior knowledge um, of a product, and and you know that could be a consumer round or it could be could be a film, it's it's very hard to um, to excite people with the with the publicity stunt. So, and I think we probably made the mistake of of attempting it in the past. Um and So,
0: so it's not so much that sometimes it's not necessary. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's no point. No. Is what you're saying. There's
1: no point. Or or I think often the themes, you know, we've had briefs to come up with PR stunts for uh Dark noirs about um, murder, and you're like how do you You know you, you don't to want speak. to be doing a done no. or an experiential for that and um i often I think uh, it might be a client who has had a brief from their bosses that, that they should be doing more experiential, right. and I think they you know let's hit the experiential button um, but but I think the skill is sort of advising them. I think, you know, at Premier, we've, we've got, as I, as I mentioned, so many different departments that, that can do incredible um, publicity work or, or, you know, they can identify the right opportunities for the talent and how to get that story out there that we would often advise them. That's, that's probably the best way to go. And I think also the worst thing is is forcing an idea if it doesn't work. You know, I'm, I'm the one that the buck falls with and the team probably are cursing when they're the ones yeah. having to pick up the phone to journalists. And... And sell them in, so um, it is a skill. And it's one I think we're all we're all getting better at um, is sort of turning down those those briefs.
0: Sure. Now, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of what Premier does is more around sort of publicist end of things rather than public relations. Um, without trying to get too in our definitions here now I, i'm just i was imagining that the the publicist side of stuff requires less creative thinking than, than some of the more integrated campaigns or is it just different creative thinking
1: yeah no i think it's i think it's a good question um it can it can certainly be the case i think there's two different skill sets at play and as i said you know we 've got some absolutely brilliant publicists who, who uh, you know know exactly where, where to set up those, the, the interviews or, or where to create the features or you pick Q and; As or or whatever's the best way to, to get that film out there and I think selling in stunts and creative work is a very different discipline I think that was actually the reason that, that i set up the, the division to do it so we've got right. you know everyone generally who's doing that has, has got that specialist and has got that passion for for telling the story and you know finding those those uh, angles that aren't obviously there i actually think um
0: so the publicist type of creativity is just it's just it, it's a more um news agenda driven type in a in a way that public relations people have been doing for for, for, for quite a while frankly
1: yeah it can be but there's a lot of crossover um okay. a lot of the time you know we will be we'll have publicists who are pitching um a great uh, a-list Hollywood blockbuster at the same time as, as pitching a maybe a quite tricky photo stunt or a really complex news story. But we're saying, talking to our colleagues about this earlier, is that, that it can also help. Um, you, you, you can offer journalists not a package deal, but I think if you get their attention with, you know, an entertainment publicist who maybe every time they uh, call Said journalists, they're offering a really great A-list talent. Um, it, it, they're more likely to pick up the phone to them, yeah. and, and actually, when they when they are selling in something that's, that's a bit more of a complex story, it's probably easier to get their attention. So, I think it, it can can work to do both.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Now, what, one of the the, the themes um, that we were talking about earlier was the the fact that the need for integrated thinking is seen a, a bigger variety in in the way briefs can be interpreted. Um, so i guess if you give the same brief to an ad agency you get a different reply than a pr agency to an experiential agency creative agency etc um and Mm. that just got me i got me thinking that that yeah that that must be difficult both from Mm. the agency side and the client side
1: yeah and i think it's been a significant shift for us as i said a, a pr brief used to be um often quite limited it's like what what press trip and you go on a survey or, or or what's the photo stand i think um more and more now these these briefs are completely integrated um they can be they can be very open often as i said we don't get a brief at all um and we are... when you don't get a brief at all that
0: what, what does that mean well it, I, I, you don't know what to go back with do you I mean, You don't know i go back I, with a million
1: pound <laughs> thing or you could go back with a couple of grand it's it, very difficult or, or, yeah, you, you can. I think often I mean, when I say that, it'll be very much like a, a film studio will come to us and say, this is our slate. Come yeah. back to us with with ideas. Come back to us with, with films that you think is a stunt or experimental work from. I think that's very liberating. And as I said, I think less and less actually, f- from my point of view, we often don't get budgets um, allocated for these things because... Um, okay you know we could be competing against that entertainment you got to go the, fight the for the marketing budget, budget. you got you got to fight for it yeah. yeah and you know often often for good reason you you don't win because because it is it is riskier um but in terms of of the integrated campaigns you know i think often a lot of our stunts will start with anything from a piece of video content to a tweet um it could be a survey or, or or a bit of research um or or a tv ad or or uh, and um i think incorporating all of these into brainstorm is, is quite liberating um and that's how we that's often how we approach it i think content has been huge part of a lot of what PR agencies do now and i think you know uh, it tells the story in a very different way to, to stills a lot of the time. And I think, you know, we generally will will film every stunt we do or every experience. And, and actually, uh, another trend is that TV sh- um, shows have less and less resource to film things themselves. So yeah. if we happen to be making B- B-roll and, and A-roll out of out the stunt we're doing it's very easy for us to to send the rushes to whether that's ITV London or Channel 5 news and you know within a couple of hours before we've even edited our uh, a roll it will it will be on the news and i think that's actually where a lot of our biggest coverage has, has come from right so yeah.
0: but there's um there's definitely a trend isn't there of of agencies bringing ex- services like you said, like experiential video production in house mm-hmm. uh, th- those types of things um i'm just wondering the extent to which that meets it's obviously great that you can say that look, look, look mr client Ms. mrs client we can do this for you we can do this we can do this for you uh-huh. but is there a tension there between given giving clients that integrated offer um and potentially creating a, an unnecessary shopping list that you need them to buy because you've got that overhead
1: mm. Mm. i think there i think there can be i think particularly at smaller agencies that that can be the case it looks like you're constantly trying to trying to upsell um i think you know, at Premier, we provide so many different services beyond PR, um, production, um, you know, graphics, experiential side. You know, we could quite easily Dennis Waterman it and say, well, we'll write the theme tune, we'll sing the theme tune, we'll do the production, <laughs> everything. And, um, but I think generally we'll let the... A terrible impression. Sorry, that's two now. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard that, 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 I that, that before. I <laughs> oh, like, uh, that I often comes it. up in brainstorms. Yeah, that's <laughs> good, I not <that. Yeah, laughs> yeah, think yeah, we have yeah. actually written any theme yeah. tunes. But... Um, Generally you know we will the creativity is, is always going to be, will be what will, what will lead it we'll recommend what's what's right for the for the client and often we, you know I think every department that premier' has got and every disciplines we do work together and we work a lot across stuff but we're also very self sufficient um and sometimes you know the events department will be working on on film. I wouldn't even know that they're working on the same same title as us. And, or, or often, you know, we'll be we'll be really passionate about an idea. We'll actually talk a client out of of, of doing a, a video part of it because it's not right for the creative. Um, so, you know, I think ultimately, maybe it might not be the financially the best thing, but but the creativity is what is what leads the way um, for most of these things. Sure. Uh, but that said, um, I think in my career in particular it's been hugely beneficial having in-house video production as I said I think that that makes a huge difference I think that helps inform our ideas and you know we're often um, we're working I think our our production team produces all the EPKs and do a lot of the on-set stuff so for instance we worked on on, um, a very big blockbuster last year and uh, our head of production had been on set for the entire shoot Um, you know knew everyone involved in production from the choreographer to the set designers and and did all the um, behind the scenes interviews so it was it was quite handy when sure. planning the uh, the film campaign to sort of tap into that, but but also they would then they then produced the the PR video for us as well. Did all the A role and right. it. So it's just because they've been in
0: the project involved in the project for for a, for a longer period of time than just turning up on a freelance basis. Yeah, they can just give you that insight and that knowledge, and that the whole thing becomes a, a virtuous circle of of hopefully better work. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. And um, very often, you know, the clients that we're we're reporting to. Um, whether that's film or home entertainment, or TV, know less about that product than than we do thanks to the knowledge of this person. So we can we can bring that that, that knowledge and skill set yeah. to it. Uh, I just wanted to talk to you uh, uh,
0: or go back, I should say, because I think you've you've talked nicely there about the the role of content in creativity. But I just mm-hmm. wanted to, to touch on um, where we started this this interview on uh, around insight and research because mm. I just wanted to. To just to get your, dig uh, a little bit deeper about where you're getting those. Uh, and I don't know. It's, uh, these are only the, the, every campaign is different. Every client mm-hmm. is different. I'm sure. But where do you get the most useful insight, research data to help you in your in your creative ideas? Where, where should people be looking? Would you say? <laughs>
1: There's no sure answer. I think lots, lots of places, and I think it obviously it does depend on on what you're promoting. I think I would say the creative uh, industry is getting a lot better at, uh, at sharing, um, such as your 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 podcast. I think it's great. You know, the, okay. So it doesn't all come in terms of of number de- numer- numeric data. It's also Insight from other, other yeah, people, yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. I mean, things like you know, our examples, James, you mentioned, and done a great job bringing that back. And I think uh, seeing what creativity is out there is a really good starting point. Okay. But um, in terms
0: of the actual data, where do you tend to? Do it? Is it customer data? Are you putting out your own research? Is it secondary data? Yeah, um,
1: what, what sort of stuff
0: do you find? We'll, we
1: do, we do quite a lot of our own research. We do anything from um, you know, when, when we're interrogating brief, we'll do Gorkana surveys. We'll, 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 we'll do vox pops. Um, that's you know, another advantage of having the in-house crew. We'll, we'll often just hit the street. And speak to people about that product, and then you know, um, show that back to the to the client. Um, often for us, it's uh, it's not necessarily who's consuming their data; it's sort of how they're doing it. You know, we'll, if, if if we can really get to the bottom of um, the, the the viewing or consuming habits of, of, let's say, Game of Thrones fans or something like that, then then we can work out. Um, what they want to do or where where our ideas should be hitting, you know, okay. they love. So it's both
0: quantitative and qualitative. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I think right. I think qualitative uh, research is often underestimated. I think no, exactly. no, it can be re- yeah. really key. I think you just talk to the talk to the fans because, as I said, generally I've only watched the first two seasons of these shows. They know a lot more about it than <laughs> we do. And, um, yeah, yeah, we we get a lot of spoilers in that research we do, um, uh, but also you know audience data and the the quantitative stuff is is really interesting. And uh, I think. Uh, you know the demographics of of who we're targeting. You, you, it's it's pointless doing an escape room when you're promoting Miss Marple or something. Like, well, actually, that's probably a bad example because of the, <laughs> the, the themes. But yeah, but good. you know there are <laughs> a, there are certain tactics that we do that will, that will target your 25 to 35 year olds gotcha. that that we would we would not attempt for for uh, the best exotic marigold hotel. Okay, brilliant. Lee Devage, creative director at Premier Thank you very much. Thanks, Ben.
0: Thanks for listening to the Creative Moment Podcast. If you've liked the show, please subscribe and give us a decent review on iTunes.